This is a Hot Pie Media Original. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Korm, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Today, veteran strength and conditioning coach and sports dietitian Pratik Patel is joining me to discuss the three supplements everyone should be using to improve their health, wellness, and overall performance. Pratik has spent over a decade in collegiate and professional sports. He's worked at Kansas State, Michigan State, the University of Oregon, and then spent four years as the director of sports nutrition and as assistant strength coach for the New York Giants. Pratik is now a consultant to sports teams, organizations, and high-performance clients. But before we get started, please take two seconds and smash the subscribe button on whichever listening platform you're listening on. And if you love the podcast, leave us a comment and review on the Apple Podcast app, as this is one of the best ways that you can support the podcast. But now, it's time to lean in and learn from the best. Pratik, are there supplements that everybody should take? And if so, what are they and why should they use them? Yeah, I think for the most part, when we look at using supplements, it's what does the research say and what are most people not able to get and what, what are they able to get in the diet? So if you can get in the diet, great, but that we know that's not reality for the athletes that, you know, you and I have worked with in the past. We know how bad some of their habits can be and they need certain things that are actually going to help them improve performance, be healthy. For the most part, when you look at the things that are difficult to get in the appropriate amounts studied in the diet, I look at three or four things mainly like the first is magnesium. I actually had a, a Twitter and Instagram post about this. And by the way, your involved. Twitter is fantastic. <laughs> Thank at, you. Is it just at Pratik Patel? At uh, Pratik X Patel. I think somebody had already taken the Pratik yeah. Patel. So Follow I that. It it's really good. So magnesium is one of them. And, and the reason is it's difficult to get the appropriate amounts in the diet. If it was easy, like salt, you know, things like that. So those other micronutrients, that's pretty simple to get in the diet. But magnesium is difficult because our agriculture practices, the farming practices, the way we get food is a lot different than it was a hundred years ago. So a lot of the soil has been stripped. A lot of the minerals and the benefits that we were getting from food in the past isn't the same. And we get that, that, you know, look, that's fine. We eat a lot more processed foods and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like frozen fruit, frozen, you know, blueberries are processed, but Hey, I'm still going to eat it. Uh, but we, now we know with the, the research that's come out, you know, what effect does some of these macronutrients have on the body and performance? And is it in line with what the recommendations are? So doing a more of a deeper dive into this and recognizing that magnesium is involved with hundreds of different reactions in the body, muscle function, blood glucose control, uh, nervous system control. I mean, it's a cofactor for a ton of different things, helps vitamin D get absorbed into the body. And it's stored mainly in our bone and our muscle tissue, tissues and in the blood. Now, when you look at some of the research and the, and the things that I've looked at with athletes I've worked with, but also clients and patients, when we look at not just serum, because the body's always going to find a way to regulate serum levels by pulling from other places in the body. Right. It'll pull uh, it from the bone, right? Pull from the bone. Yeah. yeah. So it's actually a very important piece in bone health too, which a lot of people don't necessarily talk about. Uh, when we look at things like RBC magnesium, I actually went over the, this information with a client of mine yesterday. And I told, I told him like, look, you're probably going to be deficient in magnesium. His serum was normal, but his RBC magnesium was very low. So I'm like, this is exactly what I'm talking about. He's like, okay. Um, mm -hmm. So that, that's, that's one of them. So there's multiple forms of magnesium. What I like is glycinate or glycinate, which is the same. And also potentially like magnesium chloride, which can be added to the water that we drink uses like an electrolyte booster. And it's also found in, in topical like solutions. 
So you can find it in creams, which kind of help with pain relief because magnesium is involved in muscle relaxation. Really? As opposed to calcium is involved in, in contraction. So people that cramp a lot, like athletes too, um, we know that if you stress, you have increased magnesium requirements. And low magnesium in, in, intake increases stress because of the nervous system control. If you supplement with vitamin D, it's needed. For, uh, magnesium is needed to help it get absorbed in the body. So people that are taking, you know, 2,000 to 5,000 IU per day, they have increased magnesium requirements. If you're active, uh, if you're uh, taking medication, because we know there's always a drug-nutrient interaction there. If you have a high-calcium diet, because calcium, magnesium, vitamin D, zinc, they all play with each other in terms of competing for absorption. So something simple actually becomes pretty complex. And then the last is if you're exposed to a lot, like poor environments, if you're traveling a lot, because we know that there's radiation when we travel, um, that influxes a lot more calcium into the cells. So obviously we need magnesium to counteract that too. So magnesium is one of them. The next is uh, fish oil, EPA and DHA. So looking at a lot of the studies, like, oh, what are the benefits of high amount of fish oil? So helps improve that omega-6 3 ratio, increases the omega-3% index, which is how much of your blood lipids are omega-3s, mainly EPA and DHA, which we get from fish sources and algae. And we want anywhere from 8 to 12%. And most people are not anywhere near that. Uh, it's involved in cognitive function. It's involved in you know cardiovascular health. It's involved mood. in mood. Yeah. Yeah. There's big some time. good it's research on EPA. Uh, yeah. Like a thousand milligrams of EPA a day is like helps with depression. Yeah. I mean, it, it's crazy because our brains are made up of, you know, fatty tissue. And I think about 60 or 70% of it is actually DHA. Um, what else? Uh, hormone production, testosterone, uh, they, sh they did a study in, in European males saying that those that ate fatty fish and supplemented with EPA and DHA had uh, increased sperm count, larger testes, things of that nature. I mean, for guys, it's like, yeah, that's no brainer. Why would we not want that? Uh, and it, it's not just getting it through the diet. You know, the general rule of thumb is eat two servings of fatty fish per week. They've also looked at ate that, but also supplemented and you have the increase in the omega-3% index. Fish is uh, so better. expensive right now. Yeah. Salmon is like, it was like 35 or $40 a bag. That's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, like if you're on a, this is kind of one of those times, I mean, our supply chain is totally jacked up. So like I, I take a thousand milligrams a day of EPA uh, through Thorn. Is that like a good way to do it? Plus trying to get these other things as well. Like what, what food yeah. sources are good? Food search, they say smash like salmon, mackerel, anchovies, uh, sardines, herring. Those are those are the things that have higher amounts in them. I don't eat seafood just because I had an aversion when I was a kid. Okay. So it's one of those things where like, look, there are things that I don't eat, but I recommend because there's so many benefits. Right. So I have to supplement. So I use the Thorn Supplement too, the Super EPA, the same one that you do. But there's a lot of, there's tons of good companies out there. I think as well. they should like sponsor this podcast because like I've recommended they them should. so many times. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. It's a great, they're great. It's a very good company. Really high quality, well-tested. You can trust what they're, what they're putting out. Yeah, absolutely. So we talked about magnesium, fish oil. Another is a uh, creatine. Yes. So creatine for the longest time, people have thought, you know, oh, that's just for the powerlifting, the bodybuilding community. What people don't necessarily realize is creatine is naturally occurring in our bodies. We naturally store it in the muscles. It's in the animal products we eat. So if you eat beef, if you eat chicken, there's small amounts in there too. So when we eat it, it stores in our muscles, stores in our brain, it stores in a variety of different organs. 
So it's it's manufactured through three amino acids that are prevalent in you know animal products. So it is difficult if you're a vegetarian or vegan. Generally, what the, what the research says, you're going to have lower creatine stores. But creatine isn't just for storing in the muscle. When you do anaerobic type activities that need really quick energy, where you get the the phosphate group cleaved off creatine to make ATP, uh, that's great and all. But it's also more research is coming up, so it is very highly involved in cognitive function because we store it in the brain. So there's a and lot of stuff I've been seeing about like Alzheimer's and dementia. Yeah, big time. Also, you know, sleep deprivation, uh, concussions, things of that nature. So it's not just for athletes. It's for normal people. If I can get my parents on it, I would. And I get a, a general, like I've been taking it for about 10 years. I've had a high amount of clients that I recommended for a variety of situations. They've studied it in heart failure patients. They look at it for people with type two diabetes because it does store in the muscle. It can act as an energy source and can be like a little bit of muscle glycogen sparing, mm-hmm. which is obviously a good thing to help, you know, control blood glucose levels. Um, so it's not just for performance. I mean, there's a lot of health benefits. Well, now they're even looking more. I take five grams a day, just daily. Yeah, that's what I do. What yeah, about if you're 150 dose. pounds? You could take three. So it's 0.03 grams per kilogram, but generally most products, uh, a serving size is five grams. Yeah. If you get a good quality career, pure cream, Tim on and Thorne has one too. So you know, more, <laughs> I take more pub well. for Thorne. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you're probably not going to want to measure out 60% of that right. to get, you know, your three grams. So it's like, oh, you can, you can get the full amount. And if you're a vegetarian or vegan, it's highly recommended. Because again, another thing that's correlated with depression uh, and, and testosterone function, creatine as well. Wow. Okay. So we got magnesium, we've got uh, fish oil, and we've got creatine, three supplements that everybody should take really healthy for you. Just make sure that you source it from a good place. If you found today's podcast insightful, check out episode 41 with Dr. Allison Brager. Dr. Brager is a neuroscientist, U.S. Army soldier, and CrossFit athlete. In this episode, we discuss physical and cognitive readiness, the dangers of energy drinks, naps, caffeine, and the neurobiology of fatigue. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.